Free Aviation Podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 88, Climb Via Clearance, Rotable Aircraft, and Instagram coming up in this episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now here are your co-hosts, Victoria Zyko, Sean Moody, Eric Crump, Rick Felty, and Carl Valeri. Welcome to the new year and the first episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast, where we're live and back together again. I hope you enjoyed the the best of 2014. It's great to have everybody back and and talk in aviation with my friends here. Uh, we have uh, Victoria. Hey, Victoria, how you doing? I'm cold. Oh, that's right. You're up in the north. Actually, you're not <laughs> as cold as Rick Felty, who's also Hello. joining us. <laughs> yes, it's quite chilly here. It's, I think it's in the teens. Wow, wow. Actu- actual. And, uh, Gag. In, in warm and central Florida is also joining us, and that would be Eric Crump. Hey, Eric. It is a frigid 65 here, and I'm just, I'm so wow. cold I can't stand myself. Shut your face. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sean Moody's in some country, or maybe he's in Kentucky, we're not sure, but uh, he's not able to join us tonight because of work, but his schedule's changed, so that's awesome. Well, welcome, everybody, and uh, I am actually really excited to be here because of the fact that there's all sorts of neat aviation going on in my life, and we'll talk a little bit about that uh, a little bit later. But before we get started, we have a couple of announcements. Let's do the pre-flight. I'll, I'll make the first announcement here. We are going to be, in the next episode, live from the Sport Aviation Expo in Sebring, Florida, and I'll be uh, co-hosted by Eric Crump. He's going to be coming also, and a few other surprise co-hosts that'll be there i um, promise to keep carl in line and me in line how are you gonna keep me in line that's like mm-hmm. one of my favorite shows you used to see me i run around i'm all excited and i got my new sweatshirt so it says sebring on it and i uh it, it's just i put a little propeller on my head i really act stupid when i go to sebring it's uh, one of those i shows. am really looking forward to that and i think you've just committed yourself to a video podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the last one we did, we I did not wear the propeller head hat, and uh, as a matter of fact, I can't find it. But I'm hoping to have it uh, before the show. And uh, you ever remember those old propeller hats? You know? Oh yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. I've still got mine from when I was a kid. It's in the one of the drawers in my dresser. Yeah. Um, my family said, if you ever decide you want to throw this away, just give it back to us, but don't ever <laughs> throw this away. Um, it doesn't fit my head anymore, but I still take it out and look at it every once in a while. Um, <laughs> Well, if you want to see me in a propeller head hat, it'll be January uh, 14th through 17th in uh, Sebring, Florida. Hopefully, we'll see some of you there. And uh, and there's a way to get in touch with us, too, uh, and ask us questions, even while we're yeah. at the show. And, you know, I think Rick uh, Felty, actually, he's our... Uh, he, he's actually the computer geek extraordinary here right. at Stuck My Catcast. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yes, well, you know, I, I heard about this. Uh, another non-aviation podcast that I listened to was was doing something cl- clever, and I and I borrowed it from them or stole it from them as an idea. Basically, from from a, a listener point of view, if you ever want to have us deal with a question or an issue or topic, anything, or have or even have a comment about the show, um, and you are a Twitter user, just um, tweet using the hashtag um, hashtag um, Ask Smack, A S K S M A C. 
uh, hashtag ask smack and then we will uh, we will get that note as 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 intended by you to be read by us in some kind of please do this topic area and uh, and we'll make use of it and for, on the back end for those of you who are more geeky out there this is um this is an if then if this then that uh, macro that uh, harvests those um, those hashtags and dumps them all into a Google Doc spreadsheet. It's very cool so that we can see them aggregated and not have to be watching Twitter every day, which we do anyway. But <laughs> um, but in this case, uh, it does the work for us. So just use that hashtag, ask smack, and we will get the message. And, and you know, I really appreciate the questions that have come in from, uh, from the website, but I think that's awesome that we're going to do that. I think it's really cool, the back end of it. And uh, uh, just it's amazing how you can farm all that data, and, and then we can have it for the next episode. And, you know, with, with that said, the comments we've heard since uh, the last episode uh, prior to the new year, uh, thanks so much. Uh, I didn't actually share that with everybody, the, the emails that you sent in. Uh, that was my bad, but... Uh, one of the things that was a common theme amongst everybody was the fact that they really felt inspired by the episode uh, and where we talked about aviation, and uh, I thought that was just awesome. So keep those comments coming in, and uh, it keeps us going, that's for sure. And we love your questions, uh, specifically uh, the technical questions, and we're going to get to a couple of those. Also, um, let's see, what other announcements do we have? Uh, and by the way, we'll put that hashtag uh, uh, link out there in the show notes for the show. Uh, Victoria, you had an announcement. Yes, actually, it's Turbo's announcement. Uh, he would like to invite everyone to Frederick Municipal Airport at the AOPA uh, National Community Center from, on February 21st from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. It is Paws and Planes Day. Oh, cool. And what Paws and Planes Day is, um, there's, of course, going to be a book signing and Turbo Books available. But to fit in the theme of dogs and aviation, uh, you can see a dog rescue, a local dog rescue. And then um, children can go around to about uh, a dozen different aviation-themed stations and learn how airplanes fly, how hot air balloons fly. They get to play with um, flight simulators, including the Redbird flight simulator. And it's going to be a really exciting event. It's free for everyone. And children who go to all the stations and get their punch card punched will get a free gift at the end. Awesome. So how is Turbo doing? And Turbo's doing very well. Um, the fame has not gotten to his head yet. <laughs> yet. Yeah, yet. <laughs> and by the way, if you're looking for that book, you can go to Stuck Mike Avcast and, and you know click on the uh, side there. We have uh, actually it's not up there right now, but we'll uh, we'll have the book out there. It's it's terrific. As a matter of fact, uh, Eric was spending some time reading it. I think the other day, weren't you? Yes, I was. Um, I, I'm not ashamed to say that I actually really like the book too. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, both of my daughters really like it. We got ours um, in the mail, and um, the, uh, the the kids love the book. Actually, my my oldest was telling me that um, she she knew what it was like to be a turbo and be so excited because she remembers the first time she flew with her daddy. And um, and I was equally really excited that she liked, that she enjoyed flying with me. And at the same time, I thought, you know, Victoria has to hear this. She's going to love this. So make That's sure you tell turbo thing. that he does, he does have two very, very uh, seriously devoted fans here in Central Florida. Um, and uh, they, they may have to get his autograph before long. Oh, nice. for sure. <laughs> Thank you. His autograph, that's cool. Yeah, Turbo the Flying Dog, I love the cover. And uh, it just it's so inspiring. I, I, you know what would be really cool if we could get some T-shirts made? 
Um, I'm working on it, actually. So if anyone out there knows a decent screen printer, I had a sample done um, from a bigger, you know, company online. And I, I did not like how the sweatshirt came out and how much it costs. So I am looking for a decent, affordable line where I can order sweatshirts and then people can order Turbo the Flying Dog gear as well. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Well, that's hey, terrific. Carl. Yes, sir. Can I jump back to the topic just be- before you move on? Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to the t- I wanted to make sure I got the name right, but it was Bill Rote, one of, uh, one of our uh, listeners, who sent me a note after last end of last year's show about you know favorite flights. And I don't know if you saw this on Facebook, but his favorite flight w- had just happened. And, it, and he posted these oh, pictures yeah. where, where he was flying off the coast of Southern California over a pod of gray whales. And it's the... Uh. The pictures are, he says, the, literally the coolest flight he's ever had, the coolest thing he's ever seen from the air. Um, and it's beautiful. And they're on Facebook. If anybody is friends with Bill, you should check out those pictures because they're pretty cool. I'm sure I he's am. Sort of, I don't know how I missed those. <laughs> yeah, it's right there at the top. It's pretty neat. And uh, uh, yeah, and he, I, I might, I ho- hopefully he circled a bit because otherwise there were a lot of whales. Uh, you know what I mean? There's like a lot of different angles. But anyway, good job. And thanks for the, thanks for the feedback. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, we'd love to see more pictures like that. I mean, that, you know, that that's going to come up later about talk, talking about putting uh, photos online. But yes, it's so awesome to take pictures from the air and share the dream of flight. And, uh, you know, I could, I could take pictures all day long while I'm flying around. There's so many beautiful sights to see. So thanks for sharing that, Rick. And we'll, we'll try to get, can we, uh, I guess we could put a link to that, could we not? I'll have to think about that. Definitely. Yeah, okay, good. Good, we'll do that. Well, that's our announcements. Gosh, we, we had quite a few, and it's been a while since we've gotten together, so we could go on with many more announcements. And um, actually, uh, in the next episode, I'm going to have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to do some voting on a cover. We're doing the Aerospace Scholarships Guide, uh, and we've actually uh, finishing up that book here shortly. So I'd like to see what people think about the different covers we have. So we're going we're gonna to look at that. Now entering cruise flight. And moving on to our topics for today we have quite a few and because we haven't gotten together in a while but one of the things again like i mentioned is that um there's a lot of listeners that that like to hear things and about learning how to fly and some technical topics so we're going to go into something uh fairly technical uh, it has to do with instrument training and it's called a climb via clearance and uh, i had a, a question from someone about the climb via clearance and what is interesting is that it actually happened to me and the question was you know what what happens when you have an altitude amendment to your clearance during a climb via clearance but to back up what you know what exactly is a climb via clearance it's a, you know this is an instrument clearance i, I remember uh, who oh victoria you were mentioning uh, you were just talking about this uh, within your instrument training or in an in, in ipc or something that you were doing. Mm-hmm. That was me, actually. We just covered that today. Oh, you um, did? I just covered instrument departures um, in instrument ground school, and um, this exact question came up. It was like, well, what happens if they alter your altitude? Like, what does, does that mean the rest of the clearance is negated? And, and we had this discussion, and then I... I saw this was going to be a topic, and I was going, like, Carl's reading my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, you saw, I just put an article out there uh, today, uh, Altitude Amendments to Climb Via Clearance on expertaviator.com, and we'll link to it. Uh, this is a really important topic because a lot of people don't understand it. Uh, but you know what? If you take a, a, cli- a descend via clearance and turn it upside down, you're pretty much in a climb via clearance, except the, the ground isn't there when you get there. Uh, so <laughs> one of the things that's, that's really interesting is it, this is just a, a climb via simple. Uh, you know, it's just, it, it's allowing you to proceed along a, a vertical and, uh, you know, a lateral path uh, with certain restrictions, both uh, altitudes and air and speeds. And what's what's great about these climb via clearances 
is the fact that the controller can give issue this clearance, say, hey, climb via the, the uh, SID, and there's going to be a top altitude on that standard instrument departure of SID. And that top altitude is what you need to climb to unless that's amended. And if you're on the ground, you might get an amendment saying, hey, you know, climb via the SID and, uh, and maintain a such and such an altitude. There may not even be a top altitude that's on the standard instrument departure that you have that's uh, printed in front of you. In those cases, the controller will actually give you uh, the altitude that you need to maintain. The, what's interesting is this happened to me the other day. I was flying out of uh, Los Angeles, and we're heading towards the west as we're departing. And they told us to, to climb via the, the Loop 7 departure and maintain 5,000. And then, you know, after a little while, we get vectored around, and then they say, you know, climb to 7,000. And then they tell us to go back direct towards Los Angeles, VOR. And they say, climb, maintain 13,000, comply with the restrictions. Well, when they give you issue a clearance like that, that means you have to comply with all the restrictions on the standard instrument departure procedure. Um, but, but here's what's happening, is that the controllers, when they, when they reissue you an altitude amendment uh, during your, your departure, they need to also tell you something else. They need to tell you, climb, uh, maintain flight level 190, comply with the restrictions, or climb via the SID, in our case, climb via the Loop 7 departure, maintain flight level 190. So that's the proper phraseology. But you and I know that you know things get hurried sometimes, and, and sometimes they don't give you the full clearance. So the best thing to do is to clarify. But in our case, what had happened is we, we had been given the clearance to climb to flight level, or excuse me, climb to 13,000 uh, and comply with the restrictions. Next, we heard another clearance where they said to climb to flight level 190. When you're given a, a clearance to another altitude, and this is really important, both on a standard instrument departure or an arrival, when they give you another altitude, it then wipes out all the other, or it negates the other clearance and all the restrictions. In other words, you can get rid of all the other restrictions. So if they tell you to climb to 190, you climb unrestricted. You don't have to comply with all those other altitude restrictions. This happens very, very often, especially on an arrival going into some of the larger airports. But, you know, you're wondering why are we talking about this if, you know, we're general aviation aircraft, because they're going to start using more of these, these SIDs and STARS and client via clearances, and it might just be stopping at, you know, two, three, four, five thousand 5,000 feet to help p get people out of the airspace. So again, if we go back and we look at this clearance that I was given, I said flight level 190, they, you know, they, they really should tell you, okay, comply with the restrictions. And that's actually what this controller had meant, is that he wanted us to climb via the Loop 7 departure and, and comply with all the restrictions. So if you're climbing to an altitude on a SID and the controller comes back and gives you a, another altitude, then you don't have to comply with all those restrictions on the SID. But if the controller mentions that you should climb via the SID and maintain or if they tell you to maintain an altitude and comply with the restrictions, those are the two things that you're going to hear, and you're going to comply with every restriction on there. The one question I know I'm going to get from everybody, and, and you notice I didn't say anything about airspeed. Airspeeds have to all be complied with. When they're giving you an altitude and they give you, a, say, a climb to, to 10,000 feet, you don't have to comply with all the altitude restrictions, but you still need to comply with the airspeed restrictions unless 
the controller specifically says you don't need to. So remember, we're just talking about vertical, lateral, airspeed you always, always have to comply with. And that burns burns people. I have a, a, a pretty extensive article on uh, amending the altitude on a climb via clearance, and you can check that out. Is there any questions from, from any of you folks like Eric or, or Victoria about doing this climb via? And, uh, well, I would just yeah. like to point out that, I mean, people look at um, approaches, or not approaches, arrivals and departures like they're, you know, evil or something. And I remember when I went through my instrument training, instructors told you, you know, you don't ever want to have to do one of these procedures. They're really complicated. So <laughs> make sure you write no SID, no STAR in the remarks section of your flight plan so you don't have to do this. And so, I mean, I didn't know any better. Well, if it's that complicated, I mean, okay, I better never do that. Um and the first time I actually got an arrival procedure, I remember, and I was, you know, n- nervous about it. I'm like, geez, you know, I was, well, I was really hoping I was never going to get this complicated thing to do. And I was like, this is so much easier. It's because, because what it actually does is eliminate the amount of times the controller has to talk on the radio. It vastly reduces radio clutter, and it also creates a, a more stabilized flow of traffic. Because when the when the controller is telling you climb via the procedure. The whole point of that, especially on a departure, as you're going up, there are other people coming down. And so the idea is to have multiple people go in through that airspace at the same time, where instead of the controller having to constantly issue altitude uh, descend and maintains, you can just say climb via or descend via, uh, which you know now I don't have to tell you each individual step to take. You're going to follow this established procedure, less talking on the radio, less time spent looking at each individual aircraft on the radar screen and it makes the airspace much more efficient so don't if you if you like me were told to never use arrivals and departures first of all that's that's false and second of all um, it, it can actually make the airspace much more efficient and we're starting to use much more of those now and that that's a great point and to, to add to that I think a lot of, of instructors will tell you hey you know you never get holds or you don't want to do uh, holds and i tell you holds are wonderful people are afraid of them i've noticed uh, especially when they first you know go out and fly instruments a lot they're wonderful things just like these arrivals and uh, it's it really it, it frees up a lot of time and space for those those folks for the controllers it also is part of this whole next gen uh, where we're getting people closer and closer to each other and we have little slivers of airspace that we have to you have to actually fly through and near, and, and especially if you're anywhere near a metro area, which many of us are if we're into aviation, then you know, you're, you're going to have to do this at some point, a climb via clearance or, or a descent via a SID. You know, one of the key factors here, too, uh, Eric, I'm glad, glad you brought this up, is the fact that there's a new thing, a new terminology. It's called the top altitude, and uh, a lot of people kind of get confused with that, and they're like, well, why can't they just tell us that? And, uh, well, it's, it's on there. It's on the departure procedure. It'll give you that altitude where you need to maintain. Uh, again, it's, it's cutting down on the pilot controller communications, which allows people to actually do more, especially in busier airspace. I know sometimes I really have a tough time, uh, you know, jumping in and, and talking uh, on the radio, especially, you know, it, it's funny. This A good example is this day that this happened to us. It was such a beautiful morning, and we're taking off towards the west in Los Angeles, and we turn to the left, and there's, a, what's that called, Manhattan Beach to the south. And that big peninsula there, and I can't remember the peninsula, but this beautiful peninsula with all these big homes on top of it. And it really was a wonderful day, but all of a sudden now we had to think because, again, we're, you know, we do this every day, but we don't, uh, we don't get a lot of client vehicle clearances, but they're starting to have more. 
And even we were just a little bit confused at first, and we said, now, wait a minute, what do we need to do? So it's important to know that. But, you know, I hope um, these topics, these IFR topics, uh, will get some people interested that, you know, if you're not an instrument pilot, we'll get you interested in possibly pursuing it. It's pretty pretty cool. We're getting into the weeds, and it's kind of No, it's very cool. I'm one of those people who's paying attention. Yeah, and, and, you know, the the great thing about this is the fact that, you know, Rick's going to say, hey, wait a minute, how do we do this? Yeah. He's going to jump on a simulator and do the loop. Well, I like like Eric's comment, too, which is that I already heard him going through that process in a way to already warn me not to worry about, not to not worry, but, you know, this is part of it. Just enjoy this. There's some fun here, you know, or there's some interesting stuff here. So, you know, go for it. You know, I'm going to make a statement that that's kind of interesting too, Rick. Is that you know we a lot of times when we're on a SID uh, or a, you know we're actually on a star, we're doing an arrival or departure. You don't actually do the whole arrival or departure. Uh, you wind up starting it, and then if there's no traffic, a lot of times they just say, "Hey, go direct here," uh-huh. uh, and and that's something I think I, I need to mention because I hear this from students also a lot is the fact that. If you're on a departure, you're sitting here trying to comply with everything, and all of a sudden they give you a direct to, a point on that departure, you don't continue to fly that whole departure procedure. You just go right directly to that point. So it's uh, it's something that I, I know it kind of sounds foreign right now to some of you, but, but just realize that the whole departure you may not actually do. Uh, so they, they just use it in, during uh, busier times. I get that question a lot. And it's interesting, I, I should put that in my lessons, is, you know, if you're doing a, an instrument departure, there is a possibility you're not going to do the whole thing, and don't be thrown off by that. Just just comply with whatever they tell you to do. Um, but anyway, good discussion. I, I really, um, I, I think the instrument stuff is so fascinating, and the rules are always changing. Uh, and I, I really think that with the new next gen, it's really exciting. Uh, ADSB, I think, is exciting. I know I'm going to get a little flack for saying that because I know it's going to be an expensive conversion. Uh, but just, just amazing some of the technologies we have that make it more efficient and save some gas, and uh, you know, save the environment too in the in the meantime. So, anyway. So, Quick question, actually. Yes, yes. Not related to that, but for some reason it popped in my head. I guess we're talking about uh, climbing and stuff like that. When a controller has um, a pretty free space and they give you – I'm trying to remember the name of it. And I don't know if it's just limited to VFR or – I don't. I don't see how it could be on IRFR when they say you're cleared anywhere between these two altitudes. Right. Right. And you can do whatever you want, pretty much. A what, block. A block altitude. Yes. Um, yeah. A lot of times, what's interesting with that? that that's a God. That's a great question. Um, because there's two, a couple reasons why they do that. Uh, first. Yeah, if you want to use all the airspace, go right ahead. That's your block altitude. But we also use that. Uh, we ask for a block altitude if, say, we hit a mountain wave and we can't maintain our altitude or it's really bumpy. Or, say, we're doing a test flight and we have to do, say, stalls or uh, or something like that or we're testing out a system. We ask for a block altitude. So, yeah, you can you can do that. And they will give it to you even if it's busy out. Uh, they will give you a block altitude. A lot of times you hear the military guys ask for that block altitude. But, but yeah, you can ask for that. Or not even ask for it. You can get it from a controller. You know, and I've never received it. I've never requested it. Um, is that VFR or IFR? No, both. You can both. do both. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, just because while you're under control, say you're in a, a Class B airspace and you ask for a block yep. altitude, they'll do that for you. Cool. Um, and Or they'll give you a top of the altitude, like don't go any higher than 1,000 feet. Say you're doing a photo shoot uh, or you ask them you want to be between 500 and 1,000 feet. 
uh, or you're taking photos, not a photo shoot. Don't use the word shoot, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's it, that's a very good question. And uh, there's many, many reasons you want to do a block altitude. I've done it for turbulence before, but I've just kind of warned them, hey, I might be up and down 500 feet. So would that be considered a block mm-hmm. altitude? Sort of. I mean, that, well, they usually will, if they you w- tell them your altitude will vary they'll, without you requesting it, they'll assign you a block altitude. Mm-hmm. They'll just yep. say you're cleared below between four and six. Like do whatever mm-hmm. you want to do. You've got 2,000 feet to play with. Um, or at least that's been my I, – I don't think I've ever actually requested a block altitude. I've just said, hey, altitude's going to be variable, and they'll just assign you one just – you know, for kicks and giggles. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Very. That's awesome. But, it, you know, and say you're IFR and you're doing maneuvers, IFR, that's another way you can ask for your block altitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're actually in the clouds and you want to do uh, certain, you know how you have those patterns? I don't know if you've seen them in the books. You can just ask, hey, can we have a block altitude? And we want to do these different patterns. And they're like, sure, go right ahead. Uh, and they'll give you an altitude of, say, two and 4,000 feet. So there's a lot, a lot of reasons why you use a block altitude. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's usually requested or it's given to you in a circumstance, just like Eric said, if, if you're in turbulence. But, uh, good stuff, good stuff. Well, that's it for the client via clearance. I, um, and, again, if you have questions, uh, you can send us questions on Twitter, Facebook, and, or email us. Uh, the next topic actually is kind of a – this is kind of a really fun topic. It's something – I know this is going to sound geeky, but I <laughs> used to watch Chitty Chitty Bang Bang all the time and always dream of having like a car that could float and fly. That song's stuff. stuck like, in my head yeah, now. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to sing it. I was about to, but no, I'm not going to. But that, that is so neat when you, when you can actually you know just be driving along and all of a sudden, hang on, and we'll push a button and we'll go fly. And they fly away, and I forget who it was that was shooting at them. And I was, it's like you know, they, oh, this is great. You know, we we got away, and and now we can go on a, on the water and stuff like that. Well, there's a there's a car in an airplane, Terrafugia, that uh, uh, Rick had uh, received an email that was kind of interesting. So uh, about something yeah. a new 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 development there. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was interesting and worth bringing up um, just on the face of of this particular development. And then I I think we also then thought, hey, you know, let's maybe we'll just discuss the. The, the Terrafugia transition, I think it's called, uh, as an idea, as a thing. You know, what do we think of that? Um, and so I, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm intrigued by also, I'm, you know, I'm the, figuring out how to harvest data from Twitter and throw it into Google Docs. So sort of, I'm intrigued, I'm in, intrigued by things that are kind of uh, haven't existed before. And uh, so I, I've followed them and I've signed up for things. So I, I'm on their list and I got this newsletter, this 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 letter. Um, and basically, what it is, and this since this comes out on the fifth. 15th of uh, January. So if you happen to be listening to this very early, 15th or, or a few days later, before the 20th, there is a, um, a docket uh, in the Federal Register that basically walks you through what I'm about to tell you. And this was in this email that uh, the company is uh, petitioning, uh, requesting a permission from the FAA to allow the transition, which, by the way, if you don't know and you hadn't, haven't seen it or heard about it, it is what they call a rotable aircraft. It is a flying car, although they prefer to say it's, a, it's an airplane that can drive on the road, I think, is, is the way they would prefer to think of it. They're petitioning uh, the FAA to allow the transition to have a gross takeoff weight of 1,800 pounds and a uh, correspondingly higher stall speed of 54 knots. And what this gets into, and, and the rest of the document that they, that they emailed is interesting. It's, it's, it's basically them spelling out why you might want to support them in this request because they are um, in, in, intending for the 
transition to be essentially um, the the spirit of an LSA in in in, in all the good ways uh, that 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 helps aviation, but because of the fact, and this is the fascinating part about this project, that they have to comply with both uh, aviation and highway safety uh, guidelines. Um, there are things that have to be in this vehicle as a car that add weight. And so they've been doing this dance, uh, a balancing act for, you know, the whole life of the project and, and it goes on. Um, but, uh, so, so it, we're going to, what we're going to do is put a, a link in, in the notes to where you can go to read this, um, document if you if you want to comment on it they're certainly welcoming all comments um that it's at uh we'll, we'll put the link but the quick way to say it is regulations.gov and then the docket id number is faa and then a few digits here 20140935 that's 2014 uh, 0935 uh, and then we'll have a link as well so you can go and comment on that if you have any thoughts about it but then uh that Got us to thinking. Gee, maybe we ought to talk about this. Uh, and I, you know, I think Eric was the one who sort of said, "Gee, it'd be fun to talk about." You know, do you, you know, who wants one of these, <laughs> or you know, do you? And well, you know, what, what, what do we all think of it? So I don't know how to open that conversation up. Um, uh, I, you know, I'd probably continue um, I, with my own opinions about it. But go ahead. I, I think it's awesome. I mean, I, but personally, you know, full disclosure, and I think I, I mentioned this a thousand episodes ago is that. Uh, one of the dumber things I did with my money is invest in a rotable aircraft company uh, back 25 years ago. So this has been going on for some time. Uh, yeah. But what I was looking at was doing uh, submarine, airplane, and car. And uh, nice. it was, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I didn't, I was just, it was, the glamour was there and it was interesting. And um, it, was, it was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang right there. It, you it were actually was. I know. Tried to make it be true. <laughs> I, I did. To, I did. To will it into existence. Yeah. And I should have just buried the money in the ground or burnt it. It would have been a better investment. But <laughs> right. uh, fascinating that uh, one of the things that uh, we had r- run into or the person that was designing it was running into is the fact that uh, there's all these regulations that you comply with. And you have to comply with even more regulations now. So I can imagine how much tougher it is. But back 25, 30 years ago, they didn't have the material well, yeah exactly and, composites right i mean and yeah and and it's fascinating because you know we actually had a rotable aircraft it was a mock-up you know it wasn't a real one but uh it was a good movie set you know edition yeah uh, but to see it come to fruition it's like this is kind of like a you know a childhood dream but i think personally right. it's a great idea for them to to give them a waiver just like they've given or, or give them some leeway or or change the regulations to allow this because um, you know, look what's happened. What is it? Icon. They were able to get theirs a little bit heavier or something like that. And yeah, uh, so it, it's adding to safety. So in, in those instances, I think it's a great idea. Well, I like. Yeah, I mean, I sure. I'm. I, I don't mind them asking for permission and, and getting it. And it'll. You know, whatever. It, however, that'll evolve. I think that's a fair request. And and in the in the issue in the you know in the goal of inventiveness and creative thinking and and uh, what we can learn from from you know that kind of thing. And you know, do I? So and I, I don't know that I would w- would want one of these, but I also know that, for instance, I wasn't really gung ho on uh, the early Teslas, which were so ridiculously expensive that you know I would I there's it was crazy the Roadster, but I love the idea of the Roadster, and the idea was let's figure this out, let's put it out there, let's get rich people to invest in it, and 
and see where it goes, you know, and, and all that pushing of the battery technology, you know, now I have a, I have an electric car. It's, it's not the Tesla, but it's, it's a, um, it's a fully functional, great thing. And so there are, there are ways in which I think this is a, this is a good project to support and say, you know, say, let's see where it goes. I also would say that I definitely get the, the idea that, anything that's trying to be two different things isn't going to be a very good version of either of those things. <laughs> and, you know, uh, the thing that comes to mind sort of is I've seen, you know, the, the gliders that have, you know, self-launching gliders that have the, have engines in them. Right. You know, they are, they aren't really great planes and they aren't really, you know, as good a glider as a, as a pure glider would be. But in some ways it gets, it, it serves a functional niche for people who, you know, want to self-launch and all that. And so in that sense, yeah, is this going to be the best car ever? Uh, no, and, you know, and, or nor will it be the best plane ever. But it, but it's but it's interesting, and I, and it also you know fills that dream of the idea that for years everybody said, oh, flying cars, you know, and uh, it looks like drones are going to get in our way quicker than the flying cars will. But um, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> and, and by the way, Steve Tupper, if you're listening, you know we we do understand yeah. that you love the 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 motor gliders, and uh, I think it's really cool. Oh, I th- yeah, I think they're great too. But I do I do get that that qualified thing which is it fills a niche and, and i do get the idea that it isn't it isn't isn't fully as great at, at either thing as it could be if it was just one thing but there, there's reasons to have them and i think that's the that's the case here you know look if i had enough if i were really wanted to fly a lot and i have enough money to own one thing this might be the thing to do if i wasn't going to go long distances and it would be you know and i i, I don't know do you guys i, I believe it's um it's it's regular it's regular gas right it's not even av gas right it's just gas station gas. Right, right. Well, that's all the promo videos are them yeah. pulling it up to the gas station so, and just you know, pulling it up with gas. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be there's something to be said about that too. Although I, I'm sort of now anti, I'm sort of an anti gas guy with an electric car. But but in that in that sense, it's like you don't even it's you know it's it's a car that happens to fly kind of. So anyway, I don't know, Eric. You, you probably had some thoughts. Uh, my guess from what from your intro when you threw it out there as a what do we think of this? It's like practically speaking, what's it really going to do? You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm wondering who is the person that owns this? Right. Where do you keep it? What do you do with it? Like, do you drive it to work every day? Right. Um, is this? Do you use this as your car? Is this your day to day driver, or is yeah. this like the weekend car that you go bomb around? To? I mean, that, that's what I'm trying right. to do. I'm trying to figure out. And I understand they didn't really design this with the intention of it being this commercially mass produced thing, and right. I, I get that. But but if this is the direction that that we're going to go in the future. If this is yeah. something that, that is a reality and it can be done, then it right. stands to reason that other people are probably going to do it. And I'm just trying to figure out who is the target market for this. Right, exactly. Because um, Is this like a like crossover thing? Is this yeah. to get like antique vehicle people into aviation? Right, like, or, or, yeah, I mean, or, it's sort of... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly not a luxurious thing. You know, you look at it and, yeah. from what I've seen, and it's not like really rich doctors are going to jump to this over a, over an SR-22 or, or some of the other, you know, planes, well, sure. first I planes. Mean, it's those a guys. two-seater, so it's not like yeah. you're going to put the family in it and drive to Wyoming. Um, right, it's a drive around town thing. It's, I mean, you know, my my car has four. It's, there's enough. You can get four people in it. It's 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 a it's roomier than that, but it's it's only goes eighty miles. Well, who's going to buy that? Well, for me, actually, that fits fine. That actually, there's no issue. Now, I can't drive to Wyoming, but we have a, another car <laughs> for the Wyoming trip that we we plan to make. No, um, and so yeah, I think you're. That's a great question. Who? What is the market for this? Who's going to jump on it? it? Might be it might be uh, invention geek kind of people with extra money who aren't going for luxury, but like the idea of of saying this car can take off. Let's go fly. I don't know. It's a good question. 
Victoria, I, mean, I think it's something. I mean, I, I, I think Victoria I, may have I guess an. May have the a answer is I am probably the target market. Yeah, I, I, might, I, I might be as well. You know? I'm not going to go out and buy my own airplane because I don't need one. You know what I mean? Like I'm just right. I don't I have no need of one. But if it's also but, your car. Yeah, but uh, how oh. cool would that be? You drive up to the office in your airplane car. You know, right. like I would. Yeah. That would be really neat, and I would absolutely be. But think about it, you drive to the the grocery store. Yeah. Now I have no idea what kind of storage space the thing has in it. But you pull up to the grocery store yeah. and people are like, what the heck is that? And you're like, oh, yeah. oh that's, that's slow, my airplane slows, car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it slows down your day considerably because you'll be explaining it constantly. But then um, I mean, think about how much impact you could have on people. You know, yeah. like, well, I do it all the time with this silly electric car. I mean, people do want to know, although it's it looks so much like a car that that actually doesn't happen as much as I know it would with folded wings on the side of my car. Yeah. Um, Victoria, you have a thought about the market? Yes, non-instrument rated pilots. This is a safety feature, the having the wheels. So if you have somewhere and you got get their-itis, you can drive. And then you can fly. So, uh, like, let's say you're touring the West and you really want to go see, you know, the, the monuments out there. And you'll be flying around the monuments and the, the mountains and checking out cool things. But, hey, weather's not going to be so great. So I'm going to land at a local airport, and I'm going to drive to go visit Grandma because we have dinner plans at 5. Wow. <laughs> I, I really think there's there's something there. I really yeah. do. Yeah. I, I, do, I think it's such a neat idea um, from, a, from a utility perspective, like what Victoria said. I mean, there are things – there are things you can really only do in a car because of, you know, practicality speaking, because you can't take your airplane and go land at your grandma's house because, you know, you can get close at, you know, the local airport or whatever, but the, the airplane car hybrid, it does both things. So I can fly and not have to deal with, you know, driving through, you know, a, a busy metropolitan area. I can fly, land at the local airport and then drive to grandma's house. Right, but I think Victor- I like Victoria's little take on it too, for, uh, potentially from an insurance perspective, which is safety. That there's some additional piece which lets you go. You know what? I don't. I don't have to take that risk. I, I have a car. Um, yeah. Interesting. It's sort of an interesting way to think about it. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I th- I'm excited to see them keep going. I love that they're flying the thing and that it's it's a real thing. And um, you know, I wanna I wanna see where it goes. It'll be fun to see one. I it, to see one of those in the wild actually just doing its thing would be so cool. In the wild, uh, that's sort of a fra- <laughs> that's a technology thing. Like um, a new phone comes out, and the first time you see it in the wild, which is someone just you happen to see who has one. Sorry, that's a geeky thing. That is a geeky in the wild. Thing, but I'm, I mean, I'm it's also tell a, you right now. If I'm out yeah. at the local airport and the Terrafugia pulls up to the gas yeah. pump, yeah, I'm gonna go over there. Oh <laughs> right. yeah, right. Yeah, I'm not gonna let them leave. Until right? Or I- they pull in, and I and I immediately are you ta- are you about to take off? I want to watch this happen. And I yes, you know, I and if they're at the local store, I want to talk the guy's ear off because I or the woman's ear off because I, you know, I, th- I yeah, I am excited. So yeah, so all of that said, I, I think check the links and and go say what you think about this uh, this request for for a variation. Yeah. But. Uh, I think, I, think it's cool. I think it's awesome. Anything that, that in, incrementally improves technology is awesome. I mean, um, you know, we have a, a boatyard here in a, a harbor where we had electric boats going out. And uh, they did great at first because so many people were interested in them. And, and that's where the Terrafugia, I think, would come in. But then, practically speaking, it really didn't fulfill the, the actual need uh, for people to go out far because people were running out of electricity. 
So, uh, you know, that's, that's the same kind of thing. It's like, does this fulfill a need? I think the coolness is a huge factor. Uh, and it, it's like everything, you know, look at, look at Tang. I mean, heck, we went to the moon and we discovered Tang, right? Isn't that what happened? <laughs> yes, it was buried under the surface was it? of the moon. <laughs> yeah, it was Aliens incredible. Left it I there mean, look at eons ago. Oh yeah, right. look at the styrofoam. I mean, that's I'm joking, but you know, it's, you got styrofoam. You have so many things that come out of these these uh, new technologies. So that's that's what excites me. It's like like with the electric car. I mean, I have a friend that has a couple of Teslas, and yeah. I think it's just the coolest thing to be able to go across country. And supposedly, I'm getting yeah. a ride in an electric airplane. Um, really? Well, hmm. show show topic show. Well, content. there Do might a be a live gro- interview. There might be a gross weight issue, but that's. Oh, a, I am on a diet, by the way, for that reason alone. <laughs> Why? Well, if, if you don't make weight by time, you give me a call, <laughs> and and I will be happy to take your spot. Yeah, no, I I hope it's not going to be a big issue, but yes, we'll we'll see. I think it's just going to be uh, display only. So. Uh, I told him I really, really want to go up in it, but we'll we'll see what happens. Um, but it's coming. Everything's coming soon. Uh, the technology of of batteries, I think, is it just needs to have to improve. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, I, I, re- I posted a link to an article today about just this is not aviation or <laughs> this is about batteries in cars. But Chevy, uh, you know, had a demo car in Detroit that that is likely to be made within two years, which is. A little like the size of my car, so it's a small four-seat car um, that has a 200-mile range. I mean, it's the range of the current Model S, um, you know, the S sedan, um, a Tesla, and and that's 200 miles. That's great, you know. But again, it's small, so but it's yeah, it's improving. Batteries, batteries are improving, although it's slow. It's a, it's a really you know they're squeezing a lot out of those, but it's all exciting, and uh, you know, and I'm I'm excited to see where this goes too. So. Oh yeah, you know it's it's like solar panels. You know, I, I grew up next to like the first solar paneled building back in the early '70s, and uh, it was uh, it was like it was a big flop until they came up with better technology. This might be a flop, but it may not be, and and the technology get get better and move forward uh, for both not just batteries and. And engines, but also safety. That that yeah. part of the technology, I think, is really what we're looking at here with the Toyota. I'm, I'm looking at our our site. I'm going to try it while we go on to the next thing. I think we didn't we did an interview early on with uh, a composites expert yes. uh, that we ran into, uh, uh, and I, I wanted to. I'll try to figure out what episode okay. that is, sure. unless you have a faster way to do it while we're talking. But because uh, early on he was, it was just interesting to hear him being you know coming in to help out figure figure out how to how to begin to design the thing. Very exciting stuff. Okay. Yeah, cool stuff. But, yeah, while he's doing that, let's uh, if let's move on to the next topic. I think we had a, a pretty interesting one, and then uh, we don't want to go too long here. I know there's uh, – yeah, we got plenty of time for this one more topic that I – you know, I'm really, uh, I really wanted to talk about a little bit, and and that was, um, you know, pilots and Instagram. There was an article about this, and uh, we're we're looking at this from you know hindsight, and this is something that came out a while ago about airline pilots taking Instagram images and putting them out there and sharing them with the world. Uh, that is cool. I thought that was really neat. The pictures that that we see. Uh, the only thing is that um, there are certain rules as far as electronic devices and what you can do on the flight deck in an airline situation. 
uh, pilots, you know, we fly Part 91. Um, you know, we just have to make sure that we're safe. We have to make sure that the device can be safely operated in the aircraft. Moving over to the airline side of things, uh, you know, we have to make sure it's safe, but we have to actually do some testing and it has to be, you know, signed off by the FAA saying, yes, this is safe and you can use this. There's a, a couple things that were reported about this. Um, uh, I'm not going to say either way if it's good or bad as far as uh, taking pictures. I, I personally love to take pictures from the air, uh, but I do know that there's a time and a place. I normally, just to keep myself out of trouble, I usually take pictures when I'm jump seating, not when I'm actually flying the airplane. Um, but, and that's in the airline world. In the personal world, I'm taking pictures all the time. I am always taking shots. Um, but there's something I just want to clarify uh, there was a reporter and a couple of reporters that have stated that, you know, airline pilots aren't allowed to use any devices that have a wireless connection or a Wi-Fi connection. Uh, that's not, not true. Uh, actually, we can use those devices, and we are encouraged to use those devices, especially if we're using them uh, for company-related business or flight related business i should say is a better way to put it uh something you know if we're looking up the weather uh, if we're looking downstream we're looking for delays that kind of thing that's okay but when you're the one thing they don't want you doing is going on and texting your friends and getting on facebook and that kind of thing so you, you can see i mean it, it's a tool so you can't say you can't use this tool but you have to use it properly um <clears throat> the, I, I think where this hits home with, with us that fly small airplanes, and I'd love to hear what, what Eric has to say because he's in a you know an academic environment, and I, I'd like to hear what you tell the students in your school, is you know what are we doing when we're taking off and landing in those critical phases of flight? We're taking pictures. Are we taking pictures while we're holding the yoke and holding a camera? I think that's not a great idea, uh, but I can see the excitement that's involved. So... Uh, and, and I want to see those pictures personally. So what do you tell your students, Eric? You know, single pilot operations, taking a selfie while you're in cruise flight, you know, I'm not going to argue with that point. I, I'm not going to, like you said before, is it the best idea in the world? Probably not. Is it inherently dangerous? No. So, I mean, there's, you know, it, it's based on the airspace you're in, you know, looking for traffic. Now, if you spend you know, 30 minutes trying to get the perfect selfie, I'm going to say that's an inappropriate division of attention. You know, picking up your camera and taking a selfie or taking a shot of something cool happening on the ground, that's one thing. Single pilot using a camera once you're in the traffic pattern is just stupid. It's just dumb. Um, there's too many other things going on. There's too much constant attention needed to what you're doing in flying the airplane. I mean, I know there are people who do it, and if, if you're offended by me saying it's dumb, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a little blunt sometimes. Um, especially when it comes to aviation things. I just think that's it's unnecessary. There's no reason to do that. Um, and you're just you're accepting unnecessary risk by doing it. Especially short final take I mean, come on, really? No. <laughs> Fly the airplane. Um, you know, this this is not the the photo opportunity moment. Now, um you will see a lot of videos, um, for those of you who, you know, are follow our, our aerospace program Facebook page, you'll see videos and pictures all the time taken from the cockpit all the way through landing. We had students who went and uh, landed at um, Orlando International the other day, which is cool, not something that you get to do very often. I take a small airplane and, and there, keep your speed up, keep your speed up, <laughs> go as fast as you possibly can. Um, you know, and, But to get to do it is cool. So yeah, we've got video of that approach and landing. Well, that was done by the person sitting in the right seat, um, acting as a, a safety pilot for part of the flight, 
um, but certainly not the, the pilot in command, the one handling flying the airplane. Now, um, you know, when it comes to the airline perspective, you know, where you are in cruise and you're, you know, you're on autopilot, one person is monitoring the equipment and one person wants to take a picture outside the airplane. I personally don't see anything wrong with that. Um, I, I don't see that that's, you know, a, an inherently risky operation. And, and I don't, like I said before, I, taking a selfie in cruise flight, I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. You know, when you get into those high demand critical phases of flight, I, um, I heard a story. Um, thankfully, it was not in my program, but it was from a friend of mine in a, in a, well, in a, in a friendly other program. Um, and and we, we do tell stories, much like um, airline pilots do, about crazy things that happen. Um, but I was told a story about a person who was shooting an instrument approach. It was his first instrument approach, um, not all the way down to minimums, but pretty close. And he videoed it while flying the airplane. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, that's probably not a good idea. Um, and they said, yeah, we saw it on Facebook and had a consultation with the student and his instructor. Um, but, you know, this is a student flying, you know, single pilot IFR. You know, your first approach to minimums or close to minimums on your own, and you're videoing the thing with one hand while you're flying with the other. Yeah, I'm going to call that not a good idea. Yeah, see, once again, it's like what I was saying before. In that situation, you're not a good pilot or good cameraman. Yeah, you're doing two things. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to neither, do two neither things one are going to work out well. very well for you. Just as a, speaking as a cameraman myself, you don't <laughs> want to be doing that. No, not at all. So, I mean, I think there's like anything, there are, there are the extremes, and then there's that area in the middle where maybe it's yeah. a gray area, or, or maybe it's not, and it's totally fine. But definitely, right. those high-demand areas of flight, I mean, there's, right. don't do it. Take somebody with you if you want pictures. Right. And, and this is not a, a new problem. I mean, there's been people taking aviation photographs for many, many years. Okay. Did right? you see those? Did you see that thing today, the selfies from uh, pre, like World War I era? There were there. I, there's a there's a thing floating around. Oh, I, I guess it. in training there was a very small pocket camera that existed uh, that had a, some name and I'll, I'll do some research on it as well. And and so there are all these kind of cool pictures of usually the second guy in a two in a tandem plane, um, you know, smiling at the camera. This is back in the era oh, where they yeah. have goggles. They have goggles on. Uh, I'll find the link and, and and send it around to you guys, and maybe we'll put it in the show notes. But it reminds me that this is not a new not a new reality. Although in that case, it was two two person operations. There was always another person. It was training. It was like training for World War One. So it was like in the Southwest somewhere. Awesome. That uh, that'd be cool just to see the I'll inside of the cockpit and all. Yeah, and because of the kind of camera it was and the way it was small, the focus was tricky and uh, you know so that the pictures aren't amazing but they are they are pictures in the air in a in a biplane you know pretty yeah there it is uh, victoria just said uh, just sent the link around oh cool uh yeah it was i yeah she's found it on mashable i think that's probably where i saw it and the, it's pretty cool so yeah so but the bottom line is uh, nothing new although with cameras now getting great and small you know and we all have them in our pockets it's um it's certainly happening more and more than than it used to i bet yeah, those are some cool shots. By the way, I pulled that up. Just, just some awesome stuff. You love to see old pictures of people doing selfies and stuff like that. That's pretty, pretty awesome stuff. So we'll definitely put that link out there. But uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I, my feelings in the whole Instagram thing. It, uh, I really think it's not a great idea to put certain things out there, especially when it's your profession. Um, and uh, there's certain things probably 
you shouldn't share on Facebook. Um, and and that's probably you know when you when you start, it's so easy to share stuff these days. And it's like the new millennium. You just kind of put it out there, and uh, I guess it's the millennials, and you put everything out there. Uh, there there's some things you probably shouldn't share, and uh, yeah. And there's, uh, you know, selfies, doing something stupid is not, not you know, I, I will say I videotaped a few things that when I was flying with others that I then had, you know, the presence of mind afterwards to say, you, you agree. We probably shouldn't post that. Right. Right. Uh You know, because just it, it, you gotta, you gotta be careful. It's basically a public statement about something that occurred and, and you don't, that doesn't always want to be out there, especially with a. You know, when something is heavily regulated and there are rules that are precise and, and, and there's a lot at risk uh, for you personally if you if you post something that you shouldn't. So. Oh, sure, sure. And you never know. I mean, like things don't get deleted from the Internet. I mean, yeah, right. you have someone that reposts it and takes the picture down onto their computer and posts it somewhere <coughs> else. Uh, right. So you kind of kind of run that risk. But uh, so interesting while stuff. while I'm jumping in. Uh, the um, interview was episode 14. So if you want to go back to the Stuck Mike Avcast, episode 14 um, – John Telfian from uh, Terrafugia uh, was basically he's a composites expert and uh, engineer, and he he was on the show talking all about that. It was fascinating. Cool, cool. Thanks for finding that, Rick. Appreciate yeah. it. But uh, you know that this is I I love Instagram and I love the photos out there, especially of Turbo the flying dog. It's uh, I follow Turbo quite a bit, by the way, Victoria, and uh, neat stuff. I mean, I like the stuff on Facebook, etc. Um, but it's become it's become extremely popular uh, with you know people say oh I have an Instagram page I was like I I haven't we haven't done much with it what do you think guys should we start using it more I you know I I actually that's one of the I, I'm I'm on all sorts of social media but I've never done Instagram and I think part of that was just early on I um, found that I could put the pictures in other places that were more useful to me and I wasn't so into the automatic filtering stuff that was happening on Instagram and oh, so and Facebook and got bigger and twitter got more functional for me so i just haven't done it we, you know we could um, doesn't facebook own instagram now didn't they buy instagram i think you somebody might, did so yeah but they're keep but it's a separate stream yeah it's I, still I don't know separate yeah it's I know a funny that, thing because i don't you know, know why it wasn't too long ago that facebook changed the way they do their picture viewing where you used to scroll through sideways but now it's the the instagram style feed of pictures where you scroll vertically um, I, I could be really off base on that, but, well, um, I, I know if you use, if you use Instagram, it, I think it's easy to, and I don't know, this has been a while back, but I uh-huh. think you can also sort of dual post. So you, when you post uh, on Instagram, you can also have stuff linked and then post directly to Facebook. Also. Right, Victoria is an You just to click an extra issues. button. Can you hear yeah, me you now? One, yeah. One button. yeah, you can. There you are. Yeah, you just click an extra button that says Facebook and Twitter and it goes right up. I think Instagram is important for certain aspects of social media. Uh-huh. Um, if we maybe all had a joint account and we could upload pictures of what we've been doing aviation-wise, I That's think cool. that would make a fun Instagram. Well, that'd be fun. Um, Turbo has, you know, 1,400 followers, but half of them are dogs. So Instagram <laughs> is a completely different world because everyone wow. has an account for their animal. Well, <laughs> Mine just cool. happens to have a book, but these are dogs posting. Nice. So um, nice. it's it's a different world, but it's it's definitely, I found a lot of really cool pilots on there and some neat pilot accounts to follow. Cool. 
Yeah, I, I think there's uh, some amazing photographs that are put out there on Instagram uh, by some, some guys that should be doing this professionally, guys and gals doing this professionally. Just just phenomenal stuff. But uh, anyway, well, I, I couldn't get to my, my last topic here. It looks like we're running out of time here, guys. We're going to have to wrap this up. Um, but let me just say this. I, uh, you know, one of the things, I'm a multifaceted kind of guy. I was doing some, I had to fix uh, some plumbing today in my house. And, and this leads into aviation because as I was flexi- fixing this plumbing, I thought to myself, you know, how well do I know the plumbing in my airplane? I mean, where, you know, what, what do I, what do I do? What do I study to understand the plumbing better? And I, I uh, something came to me and a thought of who was the plumber in aviation? Well, that was the flight engineer. We don't really have those anymore. As a matter of fact, We've pulled away from that, and we've gotten so far away from understanding the systems. And that's uh, the point I'm trying to make is try to learn the systems as well as you can in your airplane. Even highly automated aircraft is very important to know it because when something abnormal happens, you know, that's, that's the thing you, you, you bounce back on is, is your experience there. And, uh, but, uh, so I'm going to leave you with that thought, and maybe we'll have a whole, a whole episode coming up here in the future about you know, how well do you know the plumbing in your aircraft. Maybe do a technical ar- article about something uh, that you may or may not understand. You know, how, does, how does this constant speed propeller work, that type of thing. But, uh, and I'm sure, Eric, you guys go over the plumbing quite a bit in your classes. Yeah, we we cover it once or twice. Yeah, <laughs> superficially anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, that that comes to the end here, and I, you know, these are some great topics. Like I said, we have a whole whole bunch of more topics. We could do this every week. And oh, by the way, with for the folks that have uh, emailed us and said, "Hey, we wish you could come out weekly," and we've been inspired by uh, what you talk about. Gosh, you know, I I, I really appreciate that. Um, but this, uh, you know, we all have day jobs, and it's. Uh, and some of us work for a living. Not me, but I mean like Eric and Victoria and Rick do. And I, <laughs> I, I really, you know, these, these guys really put a, put a lot of effort into doing this. And, uh, you know, I, I don't work a heck of a lot because of my job, but I have a lot of free days, and it's easy for me to put this together. But, um, you know, yeah. I really appreciate what, what the rest of you folks do and, and the commitment they've, they've made to this. And this has been so much fun putting together. So, we'll, I, you know what, we'll try to come out with special episodes when we can, but we're going to stick to our schedule, and we've been able to be consistent. Assistant, which is was absolutely wonderful. Our picks of the week. Well, guys, moving on, we're on to the next thing. Our pick of the week, which uh, is something that, again, people have said they want to keep hearing, is our picks of the week. Uh, so, in uh, even uh, another comment, I know I, I heard you, and I meant to mention this, is that some have said, "Hey, why don't you have picks of the week when you have interview shows?" We'll think about it. We'll talk about that. That may work out. Uh, it's kind of odd for us to ask the person coming on, hey, you know, could you come up with a pick of the week? Uh, so it, it might be a little bit awkward. So that's one of the reasons uh, we don't do that. But, we'll, you know, we'll think about it. We'll think about it. Um, picks of the week. Who's going to go first? Victoria, you had a really cool pick of the week. Sure thing. Um, most pilots probably use this web page on a weekly, if not daily basis for aviation news, but I kind of wanted to mention this to maybe the new listeners or people newer to aviation, and that's uh, General Aviation News, also known as GA News. They have a wide variety of articles on their web page, and it's updated very frequently. And you can find information from airlines to GA aviation um, events and uh, information on Turbo. Uh, they actually just put him in uh, the new product section of their paper version of a GA news uh, that I just received recently. So definitely uh, check that one out. It's another good source to keep updated in the aviation world. Yeah, I love their articles, and, and uh, it's a good one. 
So we'll definitely have a link to that. Eric, you had another interesting uh, pick of the week. Yeah, actually, I, I'm just from uh, a quick research on it today, it's it's one that Rick and I apparently share because Rick posted an article from these guys just yesterday, <laughs> uh, which was actually a really good one. Um, I love Bold Method, um, and I think uh, really anybody who's in pilot training, either as a student or as an instructor, if you haven't heard of Bold Method, um, you should really go check it out. Um, great articles posted all the time, really cool videos. Um, you know, I, I love the, uh, there's one, it's a time-lapse video of a bunch of uh, aircraft arriving in San Diego, and it's just the coolest thing uh, to see. I mean, all of the content is good. Um, but it's one of those sites that I would call, uh, it falls into the category of, reminds me of why I am a pilot. Uh, it goes in that bucket. Um, there's just really cool, good information there. Great CFI tools, animations, videos, um, all that kind of stuff. And, by the way, if you're one of those people who likes collecting aviation apparel and stuff, their, their clothing is pretty legit. So, um, anyway, uh, I, I really, really like uh, Bold Method. And it's one of those sites that I visit at least daily, um, at least once a day, uh, to see what's new. So I highly recommend it. If you haven't been to it already, go check it out. There's good information there. Great, great. We'll have a link to that, boldmethod.com. Great stuff out there, awesome content. Thanks thanks for that, Eric. Um, let's see, my actually pick of the week is uh, I was actually going to promote my website, expertaviator.com, and specifically the videos, uh, expertaviator.com slash videos. The reason I'm mentioning this is that one of the things I've started to do along with doing more technical articles, is post more videos um, about different topics and some short videos. Another thing that we're doing is there's uh, the FAA safety team has a topic of the month now, and what I've been doing is I've been taking those topics of the month and making them into videos. Well, instead of just hanging on to those videos, I'm starting to post those out to, to YouTube. So uh, I'll have them on my YouTube channel, channel also. Uh, it's every it's a nationwide program, and there's a topic of the month that they have at the beginning of every meeting. Well, um, I'm a safety rep here in the Tampa FISDO, and instead of taking the time of the speaker, I just send them to this website, and they get to watch that video. As a matter of fact, um, they're, the FAA took notice, and we're thinking of actually doing this on a nationwide basis and starting to produce the topic of the week as a video uh, on the fasafety.gov website. But for now, I'm just putting it out there for you. It's at expertaviator.com slash videos. And uh, also, uh, when we have speakers and the different topics, I try to take their slideshows and put them out as a slideshow video out there for you. So, uh, so go check that out. It's free. Uh, and uh, it also gives you links to the safety program. And if you have any questions, by the way, uh, I'm a lead rep with the FA safety team. Uh, be willing to help you out. Uh, but uh, anyway, so that's my pick of the week there. Rick, you what's your yeah. pick? Yeah, yeah, I didn't. So since uh, Sean's not here, I think he may have picked this before, but he's not here, so I'm going to pick it again because uh, I have been enjoying it in the last few weeks, which is X X Plane 10 um, for iOS. Uh, it's a flight simulator. Uh, it's the X-Plane flight simulator. But since I first got it, I have a larger phone, so the screen resolution and size is, is gorgeous. They've improved the thing, and it's free. Uh, it's basically a uh, you get you get basic functionality for free, and then uh, you can buy extra planes and buy extra scenarios if you want to uh, go further. So one, its price for entry is 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 very appealing, and if you uh, have a fairly current phone with um, Nice resolution and uh, good, uh, 
you know, processing speed, uh, I would suggest it and I'd recommend it. X-Plane 10 for, I believe, just iOS at this point. Awesome. There you go. Awesome. Thanks, Rick. The After Landing Checklist. Well, uh, Sean Moody couldn't make it, but uh, I know he's listening right now, and uh, he has a pick of the week, but uh, we'll share that once he's uh, back on the show again. And uh, he's, his, his schedule's changing, so we're so excited to have him on, on board once again for some of these interviews. If you have questions again, uh, go out to the stuckmikeavcast.com and ask those questions also on the, the Twitter feed, which we'll, we'll put a link to that too. And uh, Ask Stuck Mike is going to be the hashtag, Ask Stuck Mike. Or let's say it again, Rick. It's ask smack, ask smack. Yeah, ask smack. smack. Man, because in in Twitter, I was right. trying to keep it short. Yes, good idea. So it's hashtag ask smack, S M A C, and uh, we'll we'll get you those answers uh, to all those questions on on upcoming episodes. Well, we really need to to actually follow up on a few of your questions. We haven't had a lot of time over the holidays and all, but we're we're gonna we're gonna work on those. Well, from myself, uh, from Victoria Nubel and uh, Victoria Zyko, excuse me, and. Uh, Rick Felty, uh, Eric Crump, and Sean Moody. Uh, you know, if if you get a chance, do something flying. Have fun. It, it's aviation. It's a blast. Uh, you get to see a world from from an, a very unique perspective. But hey, if you're not in the air, check out a magazine. Do something technical. Read articles about aviation. Do something. Keep the passion alive. And we'll talk to you next episode. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.